0: following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
1: Hi, my name is Christian Powsland, and alongside co-creator Harvey Badger, we make The Chronicles of Wild Hollow. It's a musical fantasy adventure series with epic set-piece drama, oddball comedy, a cinematic orchestral score, and original songs throughout. Oh, and all of our characters are talking animals. Our first two releases in 2021 and 2022 were trilogies, beginning the main story of our show, each following a separate protagonist, Fandango Borsan, the mouse bounty hunter, and Artemis Grey, the fox smuggler. This year, however, we were excited to do something a bit different. We wrote Wild Hollow Shorts, a six-part miniseries where each episode we focused on a different character or location from the main show and put them centre stage. We were able to play around with different narrative devices as well as shine additional light on some of our favourite characters. The episode we're submitting to the Audioverse Awards this year is called The Stork and the King. It was our final instalment in the Wild Hollow short series, released in April 2023, and focuses on a mother telling her daughter a bedtime story. We wanted to give Wild Hollow its own origin story, so we wrote this in the style of a fable, giving a mythical insight of how this epic land may have come to be. All music you hear in this episode was composed by myself. I also did the sound design. I want to very quickly thank Eleanor Kane and Heather Gurdy for their voice work in this episode. Hope you enjoy. Wild Hollow Shorts
2: The Stork and the King
0: Where's the bleeding? Yes, can't see a thing. Mummy, I can't sleep. Artie, it's late, love. What are you doing, mummy? Just I'm just I'm just tidying up, dear. Let's let's get you back to bed now. Eh? Can you tell me a story? Darling, it's please, mummy. <sighs> okay. Fine. Let's let's see, um, how about the stork and the king. When the land was young and green a free and wild hollow. The earth bristled with magic and discovery. One day, a king arrived from across the sea, his enormous vessel, full of creatures, great and small. They had been traveling for many moons and had grown weary of the open ocean.
3: At last,
0: thought the king,
3: we have arrived.
0: The king led his subjects inland, sailing upstream They found a small river island, safe and protected from the unknown new world. They set up a camp together, circling their tents and wagons around the king's marquee. A new home, said the king. His subjects smiled, but behind their eyes was a nervousness. They had come so far, leaving their old lives behind. And now, here they were in the great unknown. Several days passed and the people grew more anxious. The king tried to reassure them, but his words were lost. Early one morning, he went for a long walk alone on the riverbank.
3: There must be something.
0: He wished as the tall grass brushed across his boots.
3: Some way of calming their minds.
0: And no sooner had his words left his lips He saw a stork standing elegantly at the water's edge. Its feathers glistened, silver and white, its slender beak a deep amber. The stork turned from the water. Good morning, friend. I am Herald the Gift-Giver. Pray, who are you?
3: I am the new king of this land,
0: he replied. I sense tears behind your eyes, new king, said the stork. The king told the stork of his woes and the wish for his people to be happy in their new home. He begged the stork for help, to raise their heads and spirits. The stork replied, I will bring you a gift tomorrow, new king. But remember, I only bring the gift that is needed. And with that the stork leapt into the sky and flew up beyond the clouds. The next morning, the king awoke to voices from outside. He quickly got dressed and stepped out into the middle of the camp. A crowd had gathered, staring up at the sky, pointing excitedly into the air. The king looked up to see the stork gliding high above, gracefully, It descended, landing in the middle of the onlookers. Clutched in its beak was a white linen sack, embroidered with glistening golden thread. The stork released the parcel. As the fabric unfurled, a cascade of twinkling lights poured from within. As the light touched the ground, little white flowers emerged from the grass. The empty trees that surrounded the camp were suddenly filled with blossoms and fresh fruits of every colour. As the light danced across the land and over the nearby river, crops and thickets, corn, wheat and barley pushed through the soil. A sweet and beautiful perfume wafted from the flowers and the people began to cheer. They felt hope. The king turned to the stork to give his thanks, but the stork was already gone. Over the following days, the king and his people worked tirelessly, sparred on by the new hope they had for their growing kingdom. The fields became farms, the tracks became roads, and the king's tent was replaced with a castle of stone overlooking the river island on which it sat. However, as the days and nights passed, the people began to grow tired. All their days were spent building, harvesting and working, Their heads began to drop once more. The king promised that he would find the stork again and bring more gifts back to his people. The next day he set off to the riverbank and sure enough, he found the stork at the water's edge.
3: Stork, I need another gift, something to reward my people for their hard work.
0: The stork nodded slowly, I will return tomorrow with another gift for your people. But remember, I only bring the gift that is needed. As the sun rose the next morning, the king rushed to the window overlooking his kingdom. With the first beams of daylight, the stork appeared from the clouds. The majestic bird swooped and dived, flying over houses and farms. As the stork's wings beat the morning air, a golden mist seemed to emit from its very feathers. This mist descended, settling on the land and its inhabitants as a million golden pearls. It emanated a warmth that the people had never before experienced. It cascaded through their beings, caressing every cheek, stirring every heart, joy, had been brought to the new land.
3: I give you a second gift! Cried
0: the king from atop his castle, arms outstretched. His subjects cheered his name, and celebrations began in earnest. (laughs) Laughter, music, feasting with abandon. (laughs) Nobody paid heed to the stock, as it departed once more. The very next morning... The king strode along the river's edge, a glimmer in his eye. The stork raised its head as the king approached for a third time. More! cried the king.
3: My people have never been happier. They're calling me the greatest leader they've ever known. You must bring more. The stork
0: considered the king's request.
3: Did you not hear me? I don't care what it is. Just bring it.
0: The stork bowed deeply. I will return tomorrow with another gift for your people. But remember, I only bring...
3: a gift that is needed. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm well aware.
0: Cried the king, already making his way back to the comfort of his castle. Indeed, spoke the stork. The gift that is needed. Birdsong carried on the breeze of a new morning. The king awoke, rubbing his bleary eyes as he lay swaddled in silk sheets and velvet pillows. Then, realising what a new morning meant, he sat bolt upright. Stood proudly on his bedside table was a bottle of glistening glass crystal. From every angle, it managed somehow to reflect the most perfect rays of light across the room. The king snatched it up, wrenching the stopper from the bottle with overwhelming anticipation. From within the bottle emerged a melody. A horn so rousing that the entire land shook. The sounds travelled to every corner of the kingdom, its power instilling the people with a fervour that was exciting and new. The king shivered where he sat, his eyes wide.
3: I've been thinking so small. The possibilities of this land, they're endless. We need to expand. New settlements beyond the island, more farms, villages, citizens, why haven't I considered this sooner?
0: But within the shadows of the castle walls, a stirring had begun amidst the creatures. Whispers of uprising, a new dawn, a new leader. The bravest, most brazen citizens rallied together, a small but formidable group. They took to the streets, marching towards the castle gates. And so it came to pass that the new world was given ambition. The king stood on his castle ramparts, staring down at the oncoming revolters with an all-consuming fury.
3: You think to usurp me?
0: He bellowed.
3: You think you would have any of this
0: without me? The creatures at the gate were fierce, but their numbers were no match for the king's henchmen. The rebellion was overpowered and banished from the New World. They floated out across the Crispian Sea, huddled together desperately on a rickety wooden raft. The king watched them from the sea's edge until they disappeared beyond the horizon. Then he turned to face his kingdom. His fists clenched in anger, a steely determination etched across his face. That evening, the king was sat in his chambers. Candles cast a flickering glow across the stone walls as he glowered into the dying embers of the fireplace.
3: Rebellion, he muttered, in my kingdom, never in all my years until now.
0: He stood and began his ascent to the ramparts.
3: Well then,
0: he continued, kicking open the door and emerging into the night.
3: I refuse to be played the fool. I refuse to have my reign threatened. I refuse! Stork!
0: Stork! The fury of the king echoed momentarily into the night sky. And then, from the inky black, came the flapping of wings. The stork soared into view, silhouetted against the moon. It began to descend, growing larger and larger as it approached the castle. But just as it was preparing to land, from its concealment, the king produced a large net. It flew through the air, ensnaring the bird. It cried out in panic as the king held it at arm's length.
3: A nice try, but this kingdom is mine.
0: He returned within the castle walls, carrying the stork down stone staircase after stone staircase. They journeyed deeper and deeper into the vast structure until they finally arrived in the dungeon.
3: You must think yourself so very clever.
0: The king jeered through the bars.
3: You thought your gifts could turn my people against their own ruler. Did you think it would be funny to give them a taste for something more? Well, look where it's gotten you.
0: Laughing cruelly, the king returned to his silk sheets and velvet pillows, leaving the stork encaged and alone. The slightest sliver of moonlight shone through a single dirty window, set high up in the corner of the murky room. The stork gazed mournfully at the pearly glow and began to sing. You came here seeking a place, a land that you could call home. This land. Has- Dork's haunting melody, carried across the sleeping land. (laughs) The words permeated through the air, whispering its message into the ear of every slumbering creature. The stork there? In the dungeon? Yes, child. He made it his prisoner.
2: That's awful.
0: And did it stay there forever? Well, if you let Does it, have can... a family. I... What? The stork. Surely it must have a mummy or a daddy or something. Well, I can't say I've ever thought about it. They must be so sad, never being able to see their child again. Artie! How about I finish the story? Okay. The sun rose the next day. And the king awoke, driven by a fresh determination. He immediately descended the stone steps to the dungeon, ready to confront the stork, to demand his next gift.
3: Now, bird, listen here!
0: He barked as he pushed the door ajar. But his next words were lost. The stork had gone. The cage was exactly as the king had left it, the lock sealed tight, but it was empty. Empty, except for a small, brass locket. Tarnished, utterly unremarkable. Frowning, the king pulled open the cage door and scooped up the stork's parting gift. He pried it open, and from within the confines of the locket emerged... nothing. No flowers, no light or fanfare, just nothing. No. The king muttered.
3: No. No!
0: Beside himself with rage, he ran back up to the castle ramparts, refusing to accept what had happened. But as he looked out across his once mighty kingdom, his anger dissipated, and in its place, a dull, heavy weight. His citizens were departing, small factions heading in every direction. One group towards the eastern marshlands, another to the desert plains of the west, one far to the north, where the trees grew to the sky. The king was left alone. And that is how he stayed. It isn't hard to love, to show compassion. The price of doing otherwise, well, I think the King of the Old World is warning enough against such behaviour, don't you? And the groups who left, were they? The original factions of Wild Hollow, so the legend says. Scumwater, Tower, even the Council of the Sea Dogs is said to have begun with those very first revolters cast out across the ocean, <laughs> without even realising A king created Wild Hollow as we know it. He was just too cruel and too selfish to see it. And Stork? What happened to it? It was never seen again. Most likely left Wild Hollow far behind. But the creatures of the land never forgot about it or the lessons it brought to them. even gave it a nickname. (laughs) The Hollow Herald, they called it. Ring any bells? Arty. Hmm. Mm. All right then. Sleep <laughs> well, Weegeen. When you wake up, we'll never want for anything ever again. I'll be back before you know I'm gone.
2: You have been listening to a Shouting is Funny production. The role of Freya Grey was played by Eleanor Kane. The role of The King was played by Christian Pausland. The role of Artemis Gray was played by Heather Gurdy. The role of Batman was played by well, loads of people, really, in loads of films. Most of them called Batman. Or something similar. All music was created in-house by Shouting is Funny. You can visit our website at shoutingisfunny.com and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and support us further via our Patreon by simply searching Shouting is Funny.